Welcome to the audio version of the Star Citizens Writer's Guide. I'm your host, Alyssiana, also known as Sailor from the Mystic Worlds Gaming Blog. Begin transmission. Now we're going to take a look at how people move through the universe. Transportation. In a space sim, this is a broad topic. Obviously, the players are going to have ship transportation, otherwise it would be a walking sim. Leaving the game itself aside, this will be an exploration of how transportation factors into the daily life of the Star Citizen universe. So we will start on the ground level and move our way up to the stars. Planet side. Ground-based transportation still exists in the 30th century, but most of it tends to be for utility or industrial use. On the settler and frontier planets, you will find a large amount of ground-based transport. In the more populated system, there are still roads and cars, for lack of a better word, that exist for private use. But they are no longer the dominant form of planet-side transportation. That honor goes to air-based vehicles, also called hovers. Air-based vehicles are the main form of transportation within the atmosphere. You will see these in the more populated cities and less so on the frontier planets. As more money and people move to these smaller worlds, the number of hovers start to increase. Traffic lanes. With the masses of flying vehicles crisscrossing the cities in their arranged traffic patterns and the daily influx of interplanetary ships coming in and out of the atmosphere, you would think it would be a recipe for frequent mid-air collisions, raining fire and debris. To minimize this, transportation planners have effectively created traffic lanes, local altitudes where air travel is allowed in specific direction. For spaceships, there are specific descent slash ascent paths to drop into the planet. These paths usually lead to landing zones, but there are exits to merge with traffic planes. Public Transportation All of the large cities scattered throughout the UEE have multiple forms of public transportation. Prime, for example, has a subway system as well as an elevated monorail system. Don't feel like waiting for the tube, hop in a hover taxi. Space side. One of the main questions that has been asked since the beginning of this feature is how common are spaceships? In these guides, we have always stressed the desire for variety. To the general population, spaceships and interplanetary travel may be a reality of daily life, but that doesn't mean that everybody owns a ship. It's not as common as cars on modern-day Earth. However, space travel is not solely the province of the rich or the socially elite. It's somewhere in the middle. A wide variety of people from all sorts of social and financial backgrounds have taken to the stars. Of course, there will be members of the rich who can own the sleekest ships, but there are just as many flying junk ships pushing through the black. Commercial space flight. Since we've established that everyone doesn't own a ship capable of intersystem flight, there is a robust commercial space flight market. These large transports are capable of transporting people, goods, or a mixture of the two. The largest provider is Crusader Industries, who owns Crusader in the Stanton system. There are carriers that specialize in all types. Some cater to settlers who want to start over on frontier worlds, while others offer luxury cruises to the Goss system. The Earth Pinecone Run was the first main commercial transport route between Seoul and the Ellis system. 
The route itself changed and expanded after the proliferation of Terra. So now the run links Earth, Terra, and it still has a layover in Ellis. Jump points. As covered in the previous entry on technology, moving between systems is possible through jump points. Each of these jump points allow crossing massive distances in a short time. To briefly recap, the area around the first jump point was nicknamed the Nesso Triangle because the ships kept disappearing without a trace. Nick Croshaw discovered that the anomaly was in fact a gap in time slash space and successfully navigated through to become the first nav jumper and discover what would become known as the Croshaw system. Jump points are invisible to the naked eye. They are generally discovered using a very narrow and precise scan sweep. But these scans can even be fooled by some jump points that will only appear at certain angles. In short, we want them to be tough to spot. That's why discovering one is an event. The area between the two jump points is known as interspace. While the scientific community has often wondered what exists there, every attempt to explore or study interspace has failed. Traveling through interspace is very dangerous, and many would-be nav jumpers have died attempting the traverse. In the past, they've been described as blurring time, like moving fast and slow at the same time, having to navigate around obstacles that are in front of and behind you at the same time. Ultimately, this will be part of the game mechanics, so this will be amended as it is designed further. If a pilot or crew successfully navigate through a new jump point, they should record the route they took on their nav drive. They can then sell this data to the UEE, or privately if they wish, who will copy the nav data making necessary calculation adjustments to accommodate ship size so all ships will mirror the same path as the original nav jumper and therefore open up the system to everyone. Aliens and Jump Points Do the Xi'an, Banu, Bandul, or Karthak all use the same technology as us to navigate jump points? While each of the cultures has its own method of traversing, discovering, and maintaining them, jump points are the main conduit of interstellar travel for all citizens. This section crosses somewhat into the game mechanic territory and also is currently under discussion, so expect this to be clarified and refined in the future. That's it for this week. As always, feel free to leave questions or comments below and keep writing. Until next time. End transmission. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Your comments and feedback are always welcomed. Links to the actual writer's guide are included in the show notes. All music is courtesy of the Star Citizen's unofficial soundtrack, also in the show notes. This is Aliciana, signing off until next time.